summer in the city Back of my neck getting dirt and gritty Then down, isn't it a pity Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city All around, people looking half dead Walking on the sidewalk harder than a match here But at night it's different world All right Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN We're live in the Skyline studio here till 4 Regular Friday features straight out of context. Nick D show spies you big dummy and fly jams Friday. All coming up after three. Our phone number is 312-981-7200 on the Team Hochberg phone line. And we're going to talk about weird uh, real weather events coming up a little bit later and, uh, and horoscopes. Do you read, you read your horoscope? You might be reading it wrong. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. My next guest is the co-founder of Illinois Storm Chasers. And you can check out IllinoisStormChasers.com. His name is Danny Neal. Um, and uh, the Storm Chasers were formed in 2015. We'll hear all about that, talk about that, and some of the other adventures that uh, Danny's been on. Hey, Danny, how you doing? Hey, Nick. Good. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning to you. So you you and Adam Lucio? Correct. Uh, you, you guys uh, formed the Illinois Storm Chasers in 2015. How'd that happen? So back in 2011, we'll backtrack just a little bit. In 2011, I started a Facebook page just for friends and family. Um, it was directly after the Joplin tornado hit. I believe that was May 22nd of 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember that tornado, it killed about 160 people in that city. Um, to me, that was outrageous that that loss of life could occur during the technological age that we're in. Yeah. So I, I was kind of inspired by that event to create a social media platform where people who have access to Facebook, Twitter, anything, and a smartphone nowadays could just, you know, one click of their phone find a weather report that they can understand. So I tried that out for a little bit, and it was only meant for friends and family right off the bat, but. It spread like wildfire throughout the state, and then uh, once we got to 2015, I've known Adam for several years before we partnered in this relationship, but uh, him and I both decided to start an official business known as Illinois Storm Chasers that provides uh, weather forecasts, breaking down other people's weather forecasts as well to make it easier to understand, and just create a platform that you can get the latest information um, without having to search various channels that you may not know even exist. Oh, that's great. Uh, and it's not just, uh, you know, storms that you talk about. I mean, you talk about all weather. You just have weather forecasts. You want to have, uh, you know, great weather forecasts. Correct. Yeah. I mean, our, our name is a little bit deceiving. When people think of storm chasers, they think of the guys who go out and chase tornadoes. And, yeah, we do do that, but... Generally, um, on a day-to-day basis, we'll put out a weather forecast. If the weather is pretty tranquil, we'll put out maybe one a day just to say, hey, you know, it's going to be 80 and sunny today, that kind of thing. Yeah. But as more inclement weather keeps coming into the picture, we keep producing more and more updates, generally maybe once every six hours um, on days before an event. And then the day of an event of, like, either a snowstorm, severe weather, um, you know, flooding rain, you know, we are live. I go live at my home office and broadcast live with my radar software. And mm-hmm. I'm in constant contact with the National Weather Service um, through a chat program. So I'm able to feed them reports. They're able to get reports 
um, from all over the state to be able to feed in and then to relate to everybody. It's kind of like a, a news broadcast, but just from my home. <laughs> yeah. I guess you're going to be busy this weekend. A little bit. There's a lot <laughs> to talk about this weekend. Um, if it's not going to be hot, it's going to storm. Um, so it's going to be either or. Places yeah. down south in central Illinois, I can probably rule out the chance for any appreciable precipitation. We're probably talking highs in the mid-90s, both Saturday and Sunday, with heat index values in the mid-100s. So certainly dangerous heat to contend with down there. Yeah, The wild card is north of I-80 here in northern Illinois. Um, thunderstorms are expected to develop across Minnesota and Wisconsin both Saturday and Sunday. And as they move towards northern Illinois, they're going to throw off cloud debris, which will temper the heat a little bit. Um, maybe not highs in the mid-90s here, but close to 90 and still dangerous heat index values on Saturday. Yeah. But Sunday, we're looking maybe a little bit um, less of a heat threat and more of a severe weather threat. Okay. All right. Well, we, we've got some details already. I'm, I'm just not leaving my apartment this weekend until I have to come to work on Sunday night. <laughs> mm. <laughs> So I'm just not going out. Um, so what, what is it? What is it about weather that you that you, that fascinated you so much that you would be in in this uh, field? It actually is a crazy story. I was terrified of storms and basically all weather but sunny weather up until I was about ten years old. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was three years old, I lived on the south side of Chicago in one of the suburbs, but I wasn't terribly far away from Plainfield. And oh, people, sure. If yeah. people remember that, yeah. 1990, August 28th, um, an F5 tornado rolled through Plainfield, um, decimated basically the center of town and killed a bunch of people. As a three-year-old, I thought every time it got cloudy and storm now, that was what was going to happen. Oh, man. So through countless hours and perseverance from my teachers, my grandparents, my parents, of just trying to get me over this fear of basically the life. And, you know, like, you know, if it's windy outside, it could be clear outside, but wind to me correlated to a tornado. I see. A cloud going over the sun correlated to a tornado. So it, it took a lot of hard work and um, patience with me where I was able to finally start to learn about the weather. Yeah. I mean, ever since second grade, every single book report I had now, through high school was, you know, weather, 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 tornadoes. Yeah. I kind of blame them for creating the beast that I am today. <laughs> now I just eat, sleep, and breathe weather and severe weather. But, yeah. you know, I always felt like you feared the unknown, and that's why I was so afraid of it, because I just didn't know anything about it. Right. Now we're able to diagnose it, and now I'm able to go out there and actually chase it. Right. You know, find some sort of as ironic to say, some beauty in Mother Nature yeah. and some of the stuff that, you know, could potentially hurt and kill people. Right. Danny, hang on. Sure. All right. Uh, Danny Neal is with us. Uh, he is the co-founder of Illinois Storm Chasers, which is uh, not just a storm chasing website, but also a, 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 a weather forecast website as well. Uh, and if you uh, have any comments or questions, it's 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200 on 720 WGN.
Good morning. Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio. It's a Friday morning, so all the regular Friday features will be happening after 3. Uh, right now we're talking with Danny Neal. He's the co-founder of Illinois Storm Chasers. Check out IllinoisStormChasers.com. And uh, all right, Danny, um, what does one study when they're getting into meteorology? A lot of science and a lot of math, unfortunately. Oh, really? Don't like it. No. Yeah, who would have thought? But um, a lot of complex fractions. But what's kind of interesting about the meteorological profession is more computer coding these days. Mm. There's a lot more in terms of IT work and a lot of coding and um, software production and graphic production that go into meteorology these days because um, these computers that we use to get our model data from are becoming more and more advanced. Um, we're really trying to keep up with it uh, from the human level. So there's a lot of things that go into weather forecasting, especially at the National Weather Service, when you have to create a forecast, and then you're creating the graphics to distribute to the general population. Wow. Okay. So I, that's that. I, I would never have thought that that math would be such a big, <laughs> a big, a big part of the equation. Yeah, you kind of joke around when you um, look. You know, people in the weather community that when regular people look at the sky, they see clouds. But when meteorologists look at the sky, they see numbers. Oh, wow. You talked about the, the, the weather community. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a very complex community. Um, whether it's storm chasers on the amateur level all the way up to professionals that go out there for TV stations out in the plains, or work broadcast meteorology jobs, uh, news stations, to government sector meteorologists who are the National Weather Service, to even private sector meteorologists like AccuWeather and all these companies out there that do private forecastings for corporations, the airports, whatever. It's a very diverse community. Um, The one that we're most familiar with is the local weather community here in the Chicagoland area. I'm very close friends with all of the National Weather Service employees. I spent two years um, at the office, day in and day out, learning the ins and out of weather forecasting back in 2015 and 2016. So I kind of have a background of what goes on uh, when, you know, a tornado warning or a severe thunderstorm warning is issued for Cook County or anything like that. It's kind of cool to see the behind the scenes on what goes into that. Mm -hmm. But the most generalized population of the weather community around here is just storm chasers, people that just like to go out and see storms. Uh, the definition of a storm chaser is basically anybody that leaves their house with the intent to go find a storm. Um, anybody can storm chase. Not everybody should storm chase, but anybody can do it. You don't necessarily have to go to college and get a degree in storm chasing. Um, but it's cautioned very highly that you know what you're doing you may tag along with somebody that knows what they're doing and learn the ins and out of weather because you don't want to find yourself in a dangerous situation um that could you know it can affect your life yeah of course of course tell me a little bit about how the uh nws works so periodically through any given shift I believe it's eight to ten hour shifts uh just a variety of different forecast products come out from area forecast discussions um, on slow weather days. It's, you know, forecasting five to seven days ahead 
uh, doing the airport forecasts for O'Hare, Midway, or even Rockford airports, uh, the marine forecasts on Lake Michigan. You know, Chicago's kind of a cornucopia of different hazards out there that need to be forecasted for. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when severe weather happens, you know, the anticipation of the event, getting staffing to the office, having people basically set up in sector sectors, I should say, um, you know, monitoring each certain area of the county warning area because just Chicago County warning area basically extends from Waukegan out to Rockford, down to LaSalle, and then over into northwest Indiana. So it's a pretty wide area. Um, and any given storm event, there could be a widespread um, event of storms. And, you know, you need more than one forecaster to keep their eyes on the radar because any little nuance may necessitate a, you know, tornado warning, a severe thunderstorm warning, flash flood warning. So it's a well-oiled machine when I was there those two years um, trying to learn. And I did learn a lot. And then, unfortunately, I've seen the aftermath of some powerful tornadoes that moved through the area. I was able to be on their storm survey teams going out there and assessing the actual ratings when they say, you know, it was an EFQ. And right. I was able to go out there and assist them with that and, you know, just hearing people's stories and hearing how lucky some people were to not know what's coming and vice versa, hearing the, the, you know, the winds, as we call it, when people got the warning with 20 minutes in advance and were in shelter and were perfectly safe. So it's an eye-opening experience all yeah. the way around. I bet. And uh, now how, how do you uh, collaborate with uh, with them? Like when you're tracking a storm, how do you collaborate with uh, the uh, N- uh, NWS or local news stations or anything like that? Sure. So before, when I was at the office, I would get reports directly sent to me at the office, either via phone call or social media. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we branched off, and now we have Illinois Storm Chasers. Um, we're together in a chat room and a program called NWS Chat. Um, you know, there's all NWS um, forecast office across the country in this program, but you can divide it up into what region you want to be in a chat so when severe weather happens local media law enforcement fire departments emergency managers and the weather service all collaborate in one chat and pass information along to one another um the purpose for the chat is for the nws to communicate to all the rest of us who have the ability to disseminate the information um to get it out as quickly as possible this would be well before your weather radio would even go off um, there's been plenty of times where the NWS has been saying they are tracking a storm heading for Chicago that may produce a tornado in, you know, the next 30 minutes. It's kind of getting everyone on guard. But, you know, the people that are out there listening won't know that. You don't want to really incite panic. But you want to get local media involved and get the messaging ready in case they do pull the trigger. So it's a really good teamwork, collaborative effort to try to be um, as on top of the weather as possible. And that's when people go out there and report the severe weather to us or the National Weather Service, it helps. Because the radar can only seem so much. Mm. You need that ground confirmation, whether from weather spotters, storm chasers, or just the general public saying, hey, it's hailing at my house. Any of that information is extremely crucial. Wow. All right, so it's, it sounds like a complicated... It's, it sounds like there's a lot of people involved in this to, to, to keep us uh, informed, Correct. Correct. I mean, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. You may only get that alert to your radio or, yeah, like your weather radio or your cell phone, but there's probably tens, 
if not hundreds of people behind the scenes that are collaborating to get that to you. Yeah. Well, we have uh, uh, we get updates from the NWS uh, whenever there's a, any kind of a, a, a warning, you know, or or a watch or any of that kind of stuff, and it and it comes right directly uh, into the studio here. We hear a, we hear like a, a beep beep beep, and then you know you you read it on uh, on the uh, there's a there's like a LED thing in here in the studio, and, and we get the the alerts all the time when whenever there's any kind of severe weather of any kind. Absolutely, yeah. So it's a, it, it's very informative, keeps you informed, you know, and it it happens live, and then I can just read it right on the air, and and we have you know a, a, a completely new and accurate uh, weather forecast or warning or you know that kind of thing. Yep, I mean it's amazing when you think about even twenty years ago how we advanced in technology. Uh, this sort of thing didn't exist. You couldn't get that chat room together. You couldn't get that collaboration. It's basically phone calls to the office back and forth, you know, yeah. hundred phone calls. Yeah. Yeah, but now but 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 technology has really changed. I mean, you know, I mean obviously so many businesses and 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 places in life uh, life has changed because of technology. And this sounds like it really has helped, you know, what you do. Absolutely. I mean, there are programs coming out um down in Norman, Oklahoma at the University of Oklahoma that's kind of the mecca for weather, or nerds, as we call it. Um, but there's so much research and scientific data being processed down there that in the next 10 to 15 years, they want to make it possible to be able to tornado warn a storm before the storm even developed, a few hours before the storm is even supposed to develop. Wow. Just trying to think, like, wrap your head around that. Yeah. Like, you were under a tornado warning three hours before the storm even developed. To get to that point would save so many lives. Um, it's such a tall task, and I'm so optimistic that it can happen. Yeah. But when you think about it, 20 years ago, you wouldn't even think you could get to the point you're at right now. So anything is possible, and that's what we keep working towards. Yeah, that's great stuff. All right, Danny, hold on, okay? Yeah, no problem. Uh, Danny Neal is the co-founder of Illinois Storm Chasers. You can check out IllinoisStormChasers.com. Uh, he's been he's chased some tornadoes and stuff. We're going to talk about that experience as well and any other weather related issues. It's going to be a hot weekend uh, uh, this time, and uh, so just stay cool, everybody. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred is the phone number if you would like to join us with any weather related questions or comments uh, or tornadoes. If you have ever been through a tornado, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. We'll talk more with Danny Neal right here on seven twenty WGN. Sunshine, baby, whenever you smile, but I call you stormy today. I see what you did there. <laughs> Mick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. We're live in the uh, Skyline studio here until uh, 4 o'clock. It's Friday. That means the regular Friday features will begin after 3 o'clock. We got some classic Johnny Carson, which we play Every morning at uh, 2.30, and uh, we're going to play my favorite, Karnak the Magnificent from 1975. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. My guest is Danny Neal. He's the co-founder of Illinois Storm Chasers. IllinoisStormChasers.com is the website. And it's not just about storm chasing. We are going to get to that, but it's about weather uh, and weather forecasts and uh, and keeping an eye on things uh, no matter what the weather situation is. 
Uh, Danny, thanks for being here, man. Uh, I appreciate it, and it's been fun. Yeah, uh, outstanding. Uh, we do have someone who is just calling in. Here's Sean on WGN. Go ahead, Sean. How you doing, Nick? Love your show. Thank you. Yeah, you you guys remember that uh, tornado that hit Oswego in the um, in the mid nineties? Do you remember that? It ripped apart Oswego. Oswego. Uh, anyway, I grew up. Yeah, Oswego. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Danny. 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 Danny you miles might, from. Okay, Sean. Hang on for Sean. Hang on for a second. Danny, can you comment on the Oswego tornado? I was just wondering, was it the same one that might have hit Plainfield? I think so. So that okay. was the same tornado yeah. then, yeah. Yeah, well, I grew I, I grew up like eight miles from uh, the border of Oswego, and I remember that so vividly. We, uh, we, you know, the tornado. It looked like it was, you know, you could see it from where we were, and uh, we thought we thought the the roof was coming down. Next thing you know, it sounded like like hail or something hitting the roof. It ended up being movies. There was like eighty to a hundred movies that hit that hit our house and yard. That you know that flew through. They, they like ripped apart a movie store or whatever. A video store. <laughs> I still have those videos today. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just kept them as a keepsake. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. That's pretty, pretty funny. funny. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it was horrible, horrible tornado. Yeah. All right. Sean, thanks, buddy. You stay safe out there, Danny. Uh, okay, man. Take care. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye. That's pretty funny, Danny. You got, his, you got himself a whole movie collection. I mean, there's been some random things that fallen out of the sky. Um there's been checks that have been found 200 miles away from, you know, their parents' location because of tornadoes. So it's not uncommon to have random debris falling out ahead of the tornado. But, yeah, it's the first time I've ever heard of, uh, you know, I'm basically a video store landing in this guy's backyard. Yeah, yeah. But, it's po- I mean, obviously anything is possible at this point, right, Danny? Correct. Yeah. Have you, what are some of the weirder things, weirder stories that you've heard about things that have, that, uh, have flown through the sky? Um, obviously with Twister, you know, everyone thinks they're going to see cows floating through the sky. <laughs> I'm sure that happened. I've never witnessed it myself. Yeah. But, um, what I have witnessed before is a tornado has gone across a lake before and it started raining small fish and frogs. Oh, wow. That's... And the tornado itself is just one giant basic low pressure system or a vacuum. And, you know, whatever it, you know, picks up, it's going to carry up into the sky with it yeah so, but frogs know, frogs and fish that's like armageddon stuff oh yeah for sure <laughs> like you have to like rub your eyes and do a double take like wait a minute <laughs> yeah that's scary man oh yeah. boy here's uh tom on wgn hi tom good morning thank thank morning. you for uh getting me on i have a question for you uh nowadays the weather forecasters always show when they're showing the radar they're in a severe storm time that look for this little hook and they say right where that hook is is where the tornado is how true is that and that was the chasers look for very much so so the hook echo itself um the radar display itself i should say is the representation of the water droplets which are in the atmosphere so the brighter the radar echoes the more water droplets so that could mean more hail more heavy rain so when you see that hook echo that means all the water droplets are basically revolving around a center point. Mm. That is dead giveaway of rotation within the storm. Uh, where the tornado would form is generally on the north side of the hook or the basically at the point of the hook. Um, 
the storms are made up of updrafts and downdrafts. The downdraft is basically what you see on radar. You don't see the updraft because there's no precipitation falling there, so it's not visible on radar. But at that intersection of the updraft and the downdraft are where tornadoes are likely to form. So, like I said, once that downdraft gets wrapped around the updraft, it creates that hook-like feature and is a dead giveaway to all radar operators that this storm is rotating. Not every hook echo is going to produce a tornado, but every hook echo that you see does mean the storm has rotation. Wow. All right, there you go, Tom. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, yeah, that's fascinating Absolutely. stuff, Danny. Hey, what what happens when weather surprises you, Danny? Like, let's say you know you you got a forecast and it, and then and it just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, you there's a you've studied everything this time. You, you're going to make the prediction, and then the weather completely like uh, fools you. Oh, I, I keep a bag of hate mail next to me. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, as much as we can get the weather right, we can equally get the weather wrong, even more so. Yeah. It, still a very, very infant stage of weather forecasting. We know a lot more than we did 50 years ago, and I'm sure we're going to know a lot more than we will 50 years not. But we're still trying to pinpoint temperatures. We're still trying to pinpoint precipitation. But like I said, we keep slowly progressing as a collaborative effort that, you know, 50 years ago, you a three-day forecast was kind of out there. It was kind of vogue. Yeah. Like, oh, you think you can predict the weather three days in advance? Yeah. And now we're in a stage where people are putting out, you know, 10 to 15-day forecasts. Right. There's some private weather companies out there that are even doing 30-day forecasts now. So, obviously, variability changes, but as the weather models and, the, like I said in the beginning, the computer data that is being imported uh, with all the different um, software around the country that take weather information and just, you know, just collect it like a sponge and then disseminate it, we're going to get to a point where weather is going to become very predictable, but we're just not there yet. Yeah. So it's it's still a very, I hate to say, you know, you, you blindfold and throw a dart at the board because it's not like that, but you know, sometimes when you blow a forecast, especially in the winter time, where you're calling for four to six inches of snow and you get a dusting, you know, kind of makes people question how good you really are. But it also humbles us as forecasters to say we still have a long way to go. Yeah, thirty day forecast. Wow. Yep. Uh, how does how does one do a thirty day forecast? <laughs> Believe it or not, some of the weather models go out there for up to six months. Whoa. Yeah, so obviously there's a lot of variability, and you can tell that if you if you looked at the weather models from every run, one run to the next, they usually come out every six hours, uh, especially in the winter time. Some of the weather models out there are notorious for burying Chicago in snow. Right. Notorious, seven days in advance, you see these maps posted, you know, on social media or wherever, and that um. And it's showing Chicago at 30 to 40 inches of snow. And then here comes the day of when we get two inches. Mm. Um, some of the weather models out there can go, as I said, up to six months in advance just to get a generalized pattern. If, if you're not taking it just as kind of at face value saying, okay, it could be warm six months from now, 
then, you know, you're not really doing your due diligence as a forecaster. You cannot be specific at that point. Right, right. But 30 days out, temperatures, you can play the climatology. In summertime, you can probably predict mid-80s in Chicago in July, 30 days from now. Yeah. But to be specific and say it's going to be 87 on August 10th, you know, that's kind of a little bit out there. You may be right, but you're probably wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, it must be it must be fun to do what you do in this city because we get every kind of weather here. Yeah, on any given day, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's been times right in the springtime where I live south of Chicago down by Kankakee. Okay, so okay. In Chicago, when it'd be 39 degrees and, you know, wind off the lake and fog rolling in, it'll be 65 down here in sunny, or sunny and we're, what, 40 miles apart? Yeah. So, I mean, there's been plenty of times where I'm getting thunderstorms and the north side's getting snow. Yeah, it's, so, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's crazy. It is, it is absolutely crazy. Is there a certain type of weather that you, that you like? I mean, obviously, you, you enjoy the storm chasing. We want to get into that in a yeah. little bit uh, and, and take us through what that's like. But do, do, is there a certain type of weather that you like more than others? I've been drawn to severe weather, whether it's severe thunderstorms or tornadoes, more than I have snow. I know I live in Chicago. But I, I really don't like snow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I'm not a fan. As a kid, I loved it until I had to shovel it for the first time. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm over snow. But, yeah. you know, it's it's also the most challenging to forecast. I like to think that myself and my team at Illinois Storm Chases were pretty decent at getting severe weather down. But snowfall forecast, even this last this last winter, we didn't do so well on that, and I'll be the first to admit it. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot to learn on that aspect of thing. It's so challenging. You know, one degree in the atmosphere can make the difference between sleet, freezing rain, or snow. Yeah. And as much as I like severe weather and I like tornadoes, I think the most fun is trying to forecast snow and get it right, because it feels really good when you get it right. <laughs> yeah, so like, everybody on the team is like, yeah! Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay, Danny, hang on, okay? Absolutely. All right, we got to get to, I want to go through what it's like to to stay, to do a storm chase. I freak out during storms. I still do. I'm in my 50s, and I still like, ooh. So, uh, it's Nick DeGilio and 720 WGN. If you want to jump in here, well, you got a weather-related question. Yeah. The summer wind. Mm-hmm. Came blowing in from across yep. the sea. Pope of Greenwich Village every time I hear this. <laughs> 312-981-7200 is the phone number if you would like to join us. It's Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. Friday morning, which means all the regular Friday features will be coming up after 3 o'clock. Straight out of context, Nick D. Show Spies, You Big Dummy, and Fly Jams Friday. And uh, the news is next uh, from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. My guest right now is Danny Neal. He is the uh, co-founder of Illinois Storm Chasers. Check out IllinoisStormChasers.com. And uh, they don't just concentrate uh, strictly on storm chasing. They do all kinds of things uh, weather-related and try to do the most accurate weather forecasts and, and uh, that you can imagine. 
Uh, and uh, Danny, uh, welcome back, Danny. Are you there, Danny? Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. okay. Just wanted to make sure you were there. Uh, let's see. We have another call here from uh, Rich. Go ahead, Rich. Hey, Nick. What's up? Yeah. Um, my comment is for Danny. Um, Danny, we were, I don't know how old I maybe it was about 10. And we were at Simonetti, which is the Bob Evans on 14 in Crystal Lake. And jumped over the um, the uh, restaurant and wiped out the mall next to it. And then my grandma, we went out to my grandma's house, and there was a two by four with a piece of straw right next to it, and it was, the velocity just put it right through the wall. <laughs> yeah, that it, that wow. that that'll happen. I mean, have, what are some of the other things? Thanks, Rich, uh, Danny. What are some of the other crazy things that have happened during storms that you've that you've heard about that that people are telling you? Uh, debris. I mean, just like Rich said, you know, a two by four through. You know, a, a structure. There's been a photo floating around that showed a drinking straw that was lodged into a tree. Like, Whoa. literally lodged into a tree. Whoa! <laughs> um, there's a photo from the Joplin tornado floating around where you see a two-by-four that's sticking straight through, like, a parking block. Oh, man. I mean, these tornadoes, these strong tornadoes, they mean business. I yeah, mean, yeah. The blockies within them, debris is moving 200-plus miles an hour, even the smallest object. You know, it's like a toothpick going through a stick of butter. I mean, it's it's nothing to take lightly when you're under a tornado warning. People yeah. just need to realize that, you know, a warning nine times out of ten, yeah, maybe you won't see anything, but you really want to take a chance on that tenth time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, it, it must be, you know, because you've, you've done some storm chasing, tornado chasing, and things like that. It's got to be a humbling experience, right, Danny, just to see the, the you know, the force of the weather and the mother nature and things like that? Yeah, it really is. That's the perfect word for it is humbling. Um, I've kind of gone through three phases in my storm chasing, quote-unquote, career. Uh, the first phase was just getting over my fear to understand it. Yeah. I uh, credit my father for that. Uh, he wasn't a storm chaser. He didn't, I mean, he probably had a fascination with storms, but as I said, growing up, I was terrified. So whether my family or not liked storms or weather, they did not. So they wanted to learn with me. And one day my father basically just said, let's get in the car. And, you know, it wasn't a very bad storm or anything like that. I was terrified. Yeah. You know, the sky got dark. We didn't see a tornado, but I was terrified, but it just being out there and seeing, like, hey, I'm out there in this. Nothing happened to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, maybe not all storms are going to be a playing field. So for the first couple of years, you know, it was just trying to get over that fear, trying to understand what I'm looking at, trying to recognize storm structure, et cetera. Yeah. And then the middle years, you know, in my early 20s, you know, I just tried to go out and see as many tornadoes as I possibly could. I mean, I would go 10,000 miles a year anywhere from Alabama to North Dakota and Wyoming over to Ohio. Just, you know, I didn't have kids. I had a flexible job at the time. I was able to take, you know, plenty of time off between April, May, and June just to go out there and try to see as many tornadoes as I could. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't until that devastating year of 2011 where I started, you know, maturing a little bit. I was in the late 20s, and I'm just thinking, like, there's got to be a little bit more to this. Right. You know, storm chasing as a whole is a very selfish desire. You, you're 
people go out there just to see and feel the power of nature. I'm the type of person that always wants to try to give something back, try to help the next guy along. And that's when my third phase came in where now I want to go out and chase, but I also want to report to the weather service. I want to do a live stream while I'm out there to show people where it's at, where it's going to go. I used to be obsessed with getting, you know, that perfect shot on my camera, you know, the perfect video to post on YouTube or something like that. And now I don't even pick up my phone to take photos anymore. I'm usually just reporting to the weather service or, you know, calling 911 or something like that. So, you know, it's just, just the way I have evolved. And some people, you know, they go out for their own reasons, but, you know, that's, that's kind of how I evolved in storm chasing. Yeah. Well, tell me about your, your your team. What are some of the roles that people play? So my co-founder, um, Adam Lucio, he actually, I don't know if you guys have heard, the, I'm sure you have, the Discovery Channel show, tornado, um, what was Storm Chasers. Yeah, sorry. Storm Chasers, yeah. But the TIV that Sean Casey drove. He was actually the backup driver for that. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so I, I, he never got into a tornado himself, but there was about five or six different chases that he went out, and they got close, but never got in it. But he always has some fun stories to tell about that. So we'll have to get him on one time to discuss that. But um, with the rest of the team, I have Nick, I have Joe, I have Matt, and I have Billy from all over the state. They're forecasters and meteorologists that, you know, provide daily content, as we said. They will go out themselves and report live from the field when storms are moving through. And, you know, they're always on social media just answering questions, you know, because we have thousands of people that ask questions during events, and we're only just one person. If I'm trying to do live stuff on the air, I can't be answering questions. Right. So it's very, it's very um, helpful to have them around. But, like I said, we all have duties that we more or less split up at the beginning of an event. You know, someone posting warnings, someone taking reports, somebody with the weather service, that kind of thing. So it's it's pretty fluid, and, you know, it works well. That's great. That's great. Staying informative for uh, for people. Illinois Storm Absolutely. Chasers, Um And at, what was the worst storm that you've ever been through? Um, the worst one I've ever been through... That almost, you know, they had a pretty bad impact on me. It was uh, in May of 2010 in South Dakota. Um, it was during my quote-unquote prime of just wanting to see every tornado that ever formed yeah, in the history yeah. world. Yeah. But uh, we were out in South Dakota that day, ended up on a storm that produced 13 or 14 different tornadoes. Oof. But one of the last few, we were actually caught. We, we had um, a program, Streets and Trips, that we used. Um, out there in South Dakota, that's not really that accurate. And we found out the hard way. We went down a farm road that actually got plowed over by a farmer. Oh. So there was a bunch of green wheat where the road once was. Oh, man. It's almost out of a horror movie. I couldn't, like, if I describe this to you, you'd think I made it up. But there was a tornado on the north side of the road and on the south side of the road coming at us. And we had to bail through a farmer's field. Wow. 13 vehicles bailing into a farmer's field that when we crested a hill, there was a giant lake on the other side. Oh, So we man. all rode it out in our cars in this farm field, a quarter mile from where the road was, ended up stranded there for about 16 hours, 
had to get pulled out by a tractor and some very angry farmers and police individuals. Oh, man. That sounds so, terrifying, man. It was terrifying. It was watch and learn. But now when I think about it, it's like, that was cool. <laughs> hey, let me ask you. You mentioned the movie Twister. How much fun is it for you to watch that? It's fun for entertainment purposes. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, but... Knowing what I know about the weather, it's like, that's not accurate. Yeah, that's not accurate. of course. My wife can't watch it with me because it's just like, that's not like that. That's <laughs> <not accurate." laughs> like, would you just shut up and watch the movie? <laughs> you know what? I'm not even a meteorologist and I don't study weather, but even I know Twister's not accurate. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And the craziest thing that I always tell people is the next time you watch Twister, listen to the tornadoes. Because they literally took growling animals, yeah. as you do, yeah. and that's the way you you hear them. Yeah, I just I like it. My favorite part is my favorite part because I I love Bill Paxton, uh, and I, yeah. I love that movie. I think that movie's very entertaining. It, it very entertaining. It's it's fun. Um, but Bill Paxton, my favorite moment in the movie is when he's like kind of crouching down in the road and he's looking at the sky and he goes, "She's turning green." <laughs> that's, that's my favorite line. <laughs> I think my favorite line is another Bill Paxton line, but when he looks and says, it's already here. And I always turn to my family when, like, is it going to storm? I turn to them and try to give that look. <laughs> uh, Danny, here's a little trivia question. Do you remember what movie's playing at the drive-in that gets re- demolished? Oh, is it The Shining? Yes. Very good. Very good. Awesome. <laughs> hey, I got to ask you this before we let you go. First of all, it's been so much fun talking to you, man, and informative, and I really love what you do. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, IllinoisStormChasers.com. But I got to ask you, you a Tom Skilling fan? Love Tom Skilling. He's actually my inspiration. Yeah. Um, my father, my grandfather, real quick, my grandfather worked for the Tribune as a photographer oh. for 38 years. Wow. Okay. Um, so he used to be in the Tribune building all the time. Yep. Remember, I was terrified of storms. So my grandfather one day bumps into Tom Skilling and says, hey, my grandson is really afraid of storms. Um, Is there any advice you can give him? He went out of his way to get a picture of himself, autograph it, with a very inspirational message that I still have hanging in my office right now, just just to push me to do whatever I want with the weather. Yeah. And like I said, that, from that, that day on, you know, meeting him a couple of times back, you yeah. know, yeah. I haven't seen him in quite a while, but, you know, just, I'm a huge Tom Skilling Yeah, fan. well, he, he, that's the kind of guy he is, man. That's the kind of, that's exactly the kind of guy that Tom Skilling is. What you see on TV is really him. He's that guy. Um, and he's just, he's fantastic, and I think he's great at what he does. I love, I, I think his forecasts are fascinating. So, oh yeah, I mean it's an event. He's a seven-minute forecast guy. Yeah, you're going to learn about the weather. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, Danny, man, real pleasure talking to you. Uh, it was it was so much fun. Check out IllinoisStormChasers.com uh, and uh, have a great weather year. Thank you. Yep. Feel free to contact me, and I'll be around. Okay, buddy. Take care. Thank you. You too. All right, Danny Neal, everybody, uh, co-founder of uh, Storm Chaser, Illinois Storm Chasers. Boy, what a great, what a what a crazy job to have and exciting and weird. So uh, we are going to talk about some uh, very weird real weather events. Uh, That's coming up after the news.